You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah, the 61st chapter, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. In the New Testament, we are taught about the Spirit of God dwelling in us, abiding within us, living within us. One of the blessings of the New Testament is that the human spirit becomes the temple of God. It means that the Spirit of God comes to live in you. In Bible days, they had an ark. Today, we are that ark. Hallelujah. We are the carriers of the presence of God. It means the spirit, the person. The spirit. Not just his influence. The person of the spirit. Dwells within your spirit. But what Isaiah 61 was talking about was not the indwelling of the spirit. He was talking about the empowerment of the Spirit. That means apart from the Spirit coming within you, the Spirit can come upon you. When the Bible talks about the Spirit coming upon you, it's talking about an empowerment for a specific function. And so when Isaiah 61 said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he had anointed me. Now what he was saying is that because I was anointed, his spirit has come upon me. Hallelujah. What he meant by being anointed, because Jesus Christ is the anointed one. Messiah is the anointed one. Anointed is not just talking about someone, you know, the, the the real context is the rubbing of something. If you apply cream on your hand, on your hand, you could say, I've anointed my hand. If you apply cream on your feet, you could say, I've anointed my feet. But when God says, I have anointed you, he's saying, I've rubbed myself on you. Amen. That God has rubbed his personality, his essence on you. But when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was talking about something heavy. So there is a coming upon of the spirit. Where it seems like the individual is clothed. Jesus was telling them in Luke, the last chapter of Luke. He said, tarry you in Jerusalem until. The King James says you be endued. And our translation is until you be clothed with power. There's a clothing. There's a clothing. There's a clothing of power. It's like you wait. Amen. He said, until you be clothed with power. Meaning that, hey, there's an experience that is coming upon you. You need it. You will not be fully dressed for the occasion without that clothing. Tonight, you'll be clothed with power. 
there are certain things that you want to do in life certain ventures you want to embark on in life the spirit of god has to come upon you the spirit of god has to come upon you there are typical examples in scripture of folks that the spirit of the lord came upon in david's instance and Saul, the king's, actually Saul's instance, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was turned into another man. That means the coming upon of the Spirit affects certain changes. We saw Samson in Scripture. Samson was a model of the walking of the Spirit. The manifestation of the dunamis of God. We saw the gift of walking of miracles. And the gift of faith in operation. In the life of Samson. And we see that Samson had something to do with how the spirit of God functioned in his life. Now we understand when the Bible talks about the the operation of the spirit saying if the spirit as the spirit wills we understand that but there's something Samson knew about how to wear power for a specific situation and so we saw Samson the Bible says he stared himself as at other times amen that means there was something Samson knew to do how did he know it he learned it from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God taught him. Remember, the Holy Ghost is a teacher. Amen. He taught him how to get the power upon him. So, Samson, listen, you study your scriptures carefully. The Bible is very particular. If something about an individual is outstanding, it is mentioned. They told us about Zacchaeus in the scriptures. It is mentioned. Hallelujah. He was a man of a small stature. They told us about Saul in scripture. King Saul, the first king of Israel. And they told us that he was head and shoulders above the rest. They told us about Goliath's heights. Amen. Are we together? Now, if there was something unique about Samson's physical features, the Bible would have mentioned it. If Samson had six packs, the Bible would have mentioned it. If Samson was taller than normal men, the Bible would have mentioned it. But there was nothing extraordinary about Samson's physical features. Samson looked like every other young person. Samson is someone you likely see on the street and you will feel you can deal with him. You will feel you can handle this one. Who is this one? I could just handle him. Amen. There's nothing unique about him. If it was obvious about what it was in the life of Samson, they won't be asking, what's the secret of your power? The secret of your power is on your chest. They will not ask, what's the secret of your power? Why are they asking, what's the secret? Because there's nothing to show. I'm telling you, in the days to come, hallelujah, there'll be nothing physical, amen, to show. But there's something that eyes cannot see that is real, that is at work in your life. So, when they measured Samson, naturally speaking, 
There's nothing. They didn't, have any, they didn't have any reason to be afraid of something. There was no reason to be afraid of something. Something was living a normal life. But something knew about how to get that clothing upon him. How to get the power upon him. He knew something about that. The scriptures went further to explain to us that at one time, something was trolling. And then they laid ambush for him. They had planned to kidnap him. To arrest him. Perhaps to kill him. And there was an ambush. He didn't physically know there was an ambush. On his way, the power of God came upon him. And he went to the city gate and uprooted it. Now, the city gates in those days are not like the gates we have in the homes today. But, you know, some of the gates we even have are heavy. These city gates are massive. He uprooted the gates and was strolling with it. Just strolling with it. Just for fun. The way someone would pick a flower and keep moving. When the fellows saw what Samson did, they changed their mind. Are you with me? That was a manifestation of power. There are certain things that are confronting you, roaring against you, um, um, shouting against you. It's just the manifestation of power that silences it. At another time, Samson was on his way and a lion roared at him. He was not alone, but it was, he was the one the lion roared at. Samson did not say, Mommy, oh, <laughs> how dare you? Samson tore the mouth of the lion, killed it like a teddy bear with his hands. Amen. That means that Samson knew exactly what to do. He was not expecting the lion. Are we together? He didn't have one week to prepare for the lion. It was that clothing upon. Are we together? Then at one point, Samson was attacked by soldiers. Soldiers are trained, skilled, and all Samson had was the jawbone of a donkey. How big is the jawbone of a donkey? When the Spirit of God came upon him, the physical thing God put in his hand was the jawbone of a donkey. God uses the base things of this world to confound those things that are mighty. I want to speak over your life today that you might find in your hands something as worthless as the jawbone of a donkey. But with that jawbone of a donkey, you will slay thousands upon thousands. The testimonies that will come out of that one jawbone that is in your hand will be much more, hallelujah, than what anybody can talk about. It was a jawbone. Now, it's not just that the, the donkey is dead. And then it's not the whole donkey, just the jawbone. Now, you know the size of a donkey. Let's assume you don't know much about the donkey. At least you know a horse. How big will be the jawbone? You know what the jawbone is? How big will the jawbone of a, of, a, of, a, of a horse be? How big will it be? 
That was what he held in his hand. And they gathered. They couldn't explain what was going on. That was, I call it the real matrix. Zoop! 200 people fall at the same time. Zoop! 100 people fall at the same time. He slew thousands upon thousands. And they were checking, what, is he a new equipment? Is he a new weapon he's using? No. Is the weapon, is the ancient weapon of all time and all seasons? Is the weapon of all times and all seasons. The anointing is the weapon of all time and all seasons. So, Samson knew what to do when that clothing of power or how to get the clothing of power upon him. He knew exactly what to do. Today, the Spirit of God will come upon you. Then you will live here and go to the place where you need it to function. And you will go there and make changes in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but let me say something to you. The power of God is not just transferable, it can be stored. Are we together? It's not just transferable, it is storable. Now, we heard about Paul in the New Testament, how that they took aprons and handkerchiefs from Paul. Now, some of those aprons and handkerchiefs were not necessarily because he prayed over them. They were materials he used while he was ministering. And then the power upon him was transmitted to those materials. They discovered that when they took those things and put it on other sick people, they got well. When they took those things and put it upon those that had evil spirits, the evil spirits departed. They take this other paper, or this other handkerchief, sorry, and put it on the, nothing happens. They take the one Paul had and put it, something happens. Oh, it's not every handkerchief. It's also not every handkerchief that Paul ever had. It's every handkerchief that was connected to him while he was ministering. Because at that time, that clothing upon came upon him. It affected everything he was wearing. Today, the power of God will come upon you. Oh, we've been in meetings where people came for the meeting. And the power of God came upon them. What they wore for the meeting, they now wore it for an interview. The man was just saying, yes, 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 no problem. Yes, yes, no problem. What, what was it? That same power was still upon them. It's transferable. It's storable. And that's why the woman with the issue of blood had the sense to say, if I touch, not his hand, not his leg, the hem of his garments. You know, some people say, okay, 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 okay. It's not that, yeah, um, Jesus was sewing his clothes in Jerusalem. That's why. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Even if those clothes were sewn in Onisha, the moment Jesus would put them on him 
and started ministering, the power will come upon that on his own dress. His dress. I said dress on purpose. Are you listening to me? It will come upon it. And then the woman did not touch his leg, his hand. He didn't lay hands on her. What happened? She touched the garment. Everybody say the garment. It was the hem of his garment. And that power, Jesus said something. He said, if you read all the renderings, he said, he felt virtue leave him. And then on the woman's side, the scripture said, she felt in her body that she was healed. That means something transferred. That's why John G. Lake said clearly, he said the electricity is God's power in the natural. The anointing is God's power in the supernatural. Because the principles and the laws are the same. Amen. There are certain things that conduct electricity. If you take a dry piece of wood, I'm just talking about normal domestic um, wires and cables and currents. You understand that? If you just take a, a piece of wood and touch it, it doesn't do anything. The wire doesn't even look like there's something in it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't just flow through that. Amen. It, it doesn't flow through that. But when you, you touch it, you will know that there's something in that thing. Amen. Are we together? It is because power is storable that we can charge our phone, disconnect it, and there's still power in our phone. Amen. But you know what happens? With use, it wears out. Amen. It needs to be charged again. And then power is stored. It's the same with the anointing of the Spirit. Amen. Am I communicating? Some of you, <laughs> you'll be wired tonight. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. But that power is storable. And, and that's really where I'm going to. I'll come back to that. Yesterday, I was talking about the gifts and calling of God. And we looked at Romans 11.29. Romans 11.29. It said, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And our render says, they are irrevocable. It talked about the gifts and calling of God. I explained what the calling of God is. It's the all-inclusive summon of God to your spirits. That invitation of God to your spirit is the calling. In that call, what he wants you to do is inside of that call. Hallelujah. Your first response to that call is salvation. As you continue responding, the specific area of assignment or responsibility will also come out, but it's the same call. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? But in the scriptures, he used the word gifts, plural, and calling, singular. Because there are several gifts, but it's one call. In Ephesians, when Paul was talking about the call, um, from verse 1 down to 4, he now said, for there is one hope, one Lord, one baptism. Amen. We're called. It's one call. Hallelujah. But you find that 
The reason for the gifts is so that we can fulfill the call. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? The gifts, part of the gifts, and I explained to you the gifts, that the Holy Spirit himself is a gift, salvation is a gift, and then I separated between the gifts of Jesus Christ, the gifts of the Father, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. I mentioned that yesterday. Get the message. Amen. Now, but the reason for those gifts is so that the call of God upon your life will be fully carried out. Hallelujah. It will be fulfilled. So those endowments from heaven are for you to fulfill the call. Hallelujah. That means that God had made provision for that call to be fulfilled. And I'm not just talking about a call to ministry, the way we say a call to be an evangelist or a call to be a prophet. That's not, I'm talking about something that covers all believers. Hallelujah. The Bible says that that call, he said, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling. The Bible called it a holy calling. A holy calling. It's a holy calling. Hallelujah. Paul referred to it as a high calling. He said, I pressed toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So the calling is holy. The calling is high. That, what it means by high is that that thing God wants you to do, there is nothing superior to it. Amen. You know, there's a term they use in government. They say, oh, a high-ranking minister. The portfolio he holds, maybe he's holding the portfolio of met, uh, petroleum resources minister. He's not uh, a minister of state, you know, as we do it in Nigeria. He's, so he says he's a high-ranking minister. Now, your calling is a high-ranking responsibility. Amen. Am I communicating? It's high-ranking. It is holy. Holy. But more importantly, I believe it was in Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 1. He said, you are partakers of the heavenly. He called it a heavenly calling. This summon, hallelujah, it's not something that somebody looked at you and said, I think this is what you want to do. No, it's a summon from heaven. Amen. You are partakers. Say, I'm a partaker of the heavenly calling. Amen. That calling is heavenly. It's heavenly. And in this meeting, the Spirit of God is awakening you. Amen. To that heavenly calling. And I taught you something yesterday. See, your response is what determines how the calling will manifest. The Bible talks about walking worthy of the calling wherewith he had called you. Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. That means there is a way to, to, to give expression to that thing that God summoned you for. And sometimes we pray and we should pray. That the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Ephesians 1.18 That we may know What will we know? The hope of his calling Hallelujah So the calling is a high calling It's a holy calling And it's a heavenly calling Amen Are we together? Now All of you here I want you to know something Today and forward your eyes will be open Amen. you will understand things about God's plan for your life like never before Amen. Paul prayed 
and said that the Colossian church might stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I pray that prayer for you today. That you will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Glory to Jesus. Listen. There, is, there are manifold manifestations happening tonight. I said manifold. Manifold means many-sided. You think that God is touching this area, but it's actually touching this other area at the same time. Look at the testimony of what happened to the lady in June, the, the young girl that came out here. She had hormonal imbalance, and she was ministered to, and she's healed. But she also had a condition with her ear. That's not what she came for. But God still healed her. Amen. We call healing God's bell, dining bell. Amen. The healings are just God's dining bell ringing so that you will come and see that God is walking. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. It's just to get your attention. Sometimes we go for meetings, especially in places where they could be a bit skeptical. Or maybe sometimes they're not, it's not that they're skeptical. They just don't know. Amen. Jesus was with a woman at the well of Samaria. The woman didn't know him. It's not like, you know, some people think anytime they just see Jesus. You know when they draw the picture of Jesus, they draw a halo on his head. There was no halo on his head when he walked the face of the earth. If there was a halo on his head, it would have been on my own too. There was no halo on his head. When he walked the face of the earth, he looked normal. You think soldiers are stupid? If they saw halo on his head, they would go and carry him. He was normal. The only time the soldiers were made to know there was something divine about him is when they tried to ask the first time. He said, I am he. And they fell under the power. That, apart from that time, I'm sure that, those group of soldiers, they, they went back home. Amen. So Jesus didn't walk with a halo around him. That's why when he was sitting by the well of Samaria and the lady was trying to get water and then he, he, said, he said talking to her, he looked like the normal man that come and razzle her and ask her out. That's what he looked like. Oh, this one Jew, I don't do Jews. <laughs> her problem was that you are a Jew. I'm a Samarian. So Jesus continued talking with her. It was what he said that got her attention. She said, sir, I perceive that thou art the prophet. So sometimes we go for certain meetings and there has to be a manifestation of the spirits that gets someone's attention. Then they start listening to the gospel. Amen. Listen to me. In every man's spirit, there's a craving for miracles. Even when they publicly deny it. I don't believe in miracle. I don't believe in it. Is it a miracle? <laughs> the guy doesn't believe in miracle, but he's still waiting. Uh, do the miracle, let us see now. If you don't believe, go home. <laughs> Glory to God. I remember what happened in a meeting in Sweden. I was ministering to another group of people um, they are not the regular people I minister to when I go to Sweden. So, this meeting was organized by 
a different set of people. So I got in there, and you know that kind of look where they were not sure what to expect. So I started talking about my gospel. Amen. That my speech and preaching are not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the, in the power of God. Then I talked about how the sick can be healed without hands laid on them. And they were looking at me. And then I said, anybody sick here, come out. A few folks came out. And one of the ladies, she's from, uh, I'm trying to remember the country now, Gambia. Gambia. To the best of my knowledge. And she came out, stood somewhere, and she said, she, she explained all the conditions on her body and all that and all that. I just stood a little away from her, and I went close and I said, you are healed. When the pain left, she ran away from me. Are you understanding? Ah! Like, what did you do? Are you understanding me? <laughs> she went back. Hey, hey, hey. You know, then everybody began to listen. Amen. We got a few other folks healed instantly. And then we said, okay, now, the title of my message is, amen. Then they start listening. Why does God work that way? Because Jesus said, unless some see signs, they will never believe. That's not for the believer. The believer already believes. Amen. It's for the unbeliever. Amen. It's for the unbeliever. Unbeliever. So, there are times for those kind of demonstrations. There are demonstrations that are for the blessing of the church. There are demonstrations that are to inspire the faith of brethren, but there are demonstrations to get the attention of the unbeliever. And there are demonstrations that are for judgment. Amen. There are. In the book of Acts, the Bible told us about Herod. New Testament. Herod was making a speech. The Herod that had arrested Peter and killed James. Amen. James, as in James, the brother of John. Amen. There were, there's more than one James in, in Scripture. Now, then he was sitting down and they were giving a great speech about him. The voice of a God and not the voice of a man. The angel of this. <laughs> the Bible said, the angel of the Lord. No angel of Satan, no. The angel of the Lord smote him. He decayed, became worms and pastor. New Testament, grace. That demonstration made everybody know that these church people are not ordinary people. So demonstration of spirits for the believer is a blessing. Amen. It's to inspire your faith. Amen. To meet your needs. Glory to God. But for the unbeliever is to get his attention and in some cases to the one, the wicked and unreasonable one is for the judgment. Amen. We saw demonstration of spirits in the life of Paul where a certain 
man that was in government was distracted by a sorcerer. Elimus, the sorcerer. Will not let the guy hear the gospel. Paul is preaching, you know, Jesus died for say, leave all these pastors there after your money. Please, let me finish. Actually, Jesus Christ, I said, what if Jesus is... You'll be blind for a season. That's Paul, apostle of grace. Amen. Why did he do that? Because the man was hindering the gospel. That's why I can do the same thing. If you hinder the gospel, I will blind you. And I want you to see me, so I could cripple you. The church, <laughs> a man that can cast out a devil, can send a devil to your house. <laughs> you don't read scripture. First Corinthians 5. A man was misbehaving in the church. Paul said, you don't know what to do. The, uh, the pastor of the Corinthian church maybe didn't know what to do. He said, ah, ah, it's a simple matter. We do it all the time. Bring him out. Hand him over to Satan. <laughs> They'd never heard that before. <laughs> For the destruction of the flesh, that means it will harm him physically, but that his spirit will be saved. So imagine, say, all right, we have a handover service this afternoon. <laughs> or this evening we have a handover service. Um, brother, where's brother? <laughs> now, have you ever thought of, listen, I've studied that. Have you ever thought of how it is done? It's just as a Satan. Take him. <laughs> he has been worrying us. He doesn't want to change. Amen. <laughs> Deal with him. <laughs> That is the grace. The grace is that <laughs> you will repent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so there will be demonstrations of the Spirit tonight. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Alright, let's just go a little faster. Thank you, Father. So sometimes those manifestations of the Spirit get the attention. The Bible says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, to profit without, for the profit of all. That means we gain from that, those manifestations of the Spirit. We benefit from them. And tonight you will benefit from those manifestations of the Spirit. <laughs> so I go back to what I was saying, that the power is transferable and it is storable. How do we know it was transferable? One of the scriptures, Romans 1.11, Paul was writing to the Roman church. He said, For I long to see you, that I may impart, impart, impart unto you. Impart, the Greek word is metadidomai. It's a giving. Is to give something. It's something you transfer from one person to the other. Because didomai means to give. So he said, to impart unto you some spiritual gifts. 
to the end that you may be established. So it means that Paul was saying, I can transfer it. Amen. Are we together? I can transfer it. The possibility of transferring it. Now, we saw that same possibility of transferring it in Acts chapter 8. In Acts 8, Paul, sorry, not Paul, um, Philip went to Samaria and preached the gospel. After preaching the gospel, many things happened. People saw miracles, healings, but they didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they said, Peter should go over to Samaria to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. So Peter went there and laid hands on folks and they received the Holy Ghost. Then there was another sorcerer. Sorcerers have been around the church for a long time. And perhaps they will always be until Jesus comes. And then he will separate the wheat from the thar. Amen. Am I communicating? So the scripture tells us that when um, um, Peter came, he laid hands and people received the Holy Ghost. The Simon the sorcerer that was a former um, sorcerer, he received Christ, saw what was happening, then he offered them money that they would give him that gift. That means he also noticed that they could transfer it. Amen. Are we together? He understood that it's transferable. It's transferable. Tell your neighbor, it's transferable. Say it again, it's transferable. <laughs> Glory to God. So Paul spoke about that. And then we saw Paul speak to Timothy. And he spoke to Timothy on two occasions. First in 1 Timothy and also in 2 Timothy. So we're going to read those two scriptures. And then from there I cannot say what will happen next. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. In 1 Timothy 4.14, Paul was speaking to Timothy. He wrote to him, rather. He said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee, how? By prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Presbytery simply means the leadership, the elders. That means while Paul was laying hands, there were others with him when that was done over Timothy. So, he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee. It's in thee. The gift is where? In Timothy. Where is the gift? In Timothy. But how did it get into Timothy? By prophecy and laying on of hands. That means it was transferred. Amen. Now, in that scripture, it shows us that impartations can come to you through prophecy. Hallelujah. Words could be spoken and something will come upon you. The Bible never told us that they lay hands on Saul when he met the company of the prophets. The Bible didn't say they laid hands on him. A company of prophets were prophesying. He entered their midst and the Bible said he began to prophesy with them. Through words, the spirit came upon him. Paul, I'm sorry, Peter in Acts chapter 10 was in the house of Cornelius. And all the people working with Cornelius were at home. The Bible said, why Peter yet spake? He didn't lay hands on them. The spirit, through words, amen, the Spirit of God came upon them. Today, as I speak, the Spirit of God will come upon you. Amen. That's why we can stand here and say, in the name of Jesus, the power of God move. And somebody at the back there, the power of God will come upon you. Why? By prophecy, amen, there could be impartations of the Spirit. Amen. 
hands were not laid on them. Why Peter yet spake these words? Acts 10 44. The Spirit of God, hallelujah, fell on all them that heard. Who did he follow? Them that heard. Are you hearing? Whether you are in this hall or anywhere, as long as you can hear, the Spirit of God will come upon you. Amen. The Spirit of God fell upon them. He used the word fell like rain. Sudden rain, it fell on them. Sometimes you can say embrace them. There will be a falling upon us. Hey, I said there will be a falling upon us. Now, when the Spirit of God fell on them, now, you know, sometimes someone asks me a question, why do people fall under the power? I say, I don't know. He said, eh? He <laughs> said, you don't know. I said, I don't know. All I know is that they stand up better. Then, later, I got an, another explanation. Amen. From scripture. And I said, studying, when was the first time someone was ever under the power? And I found out it was Adam. Amen. <laughs> Adam. When God wanted to give Adam a wife, the Bible says he fell into a deep sleep. Likely God said, take it. <laughs> The Bible said Adam fell into a deep sleep. Now, if Adam did not plan to sleep. The Bible didn't say God came to Adam while he was sleeping. No. He fell into a deep sleep. Meaning that it was initiated. Am I communicating? That's the first time ever somebody was under the power. And while he was under the power, God was walking. Sometimes you need to sleep for God to walk. God was walking. And then God took a rib from his side and made a woman. When he woke up, he woke up to what God had done. When the power of God comes upon you, you will wake up to what God has done. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You will wake up to what God has done. I've been under the power several times in my own life. I've been under the power more in my personal prayer time than any other place. There's a time I want to get some people feel the Holy Ghost. We were students at that time. And we took them, we went to a corner somewhere just to get them feel the Holy Ghost. As we were worshipping, the power of God came upon all of us. Me, the minister, <laughs> the one minister to, you know, we're all under the power. It was like the Holy Ghost it was not waiting. Amen. <laughs> I just, I couldn't move. But it, it, it wore out on me earlier than the others. So when I stood up, they were still under the power. I left them there and went. <laughs> they are good with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They are okay. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. 
So, back to 1 Timothy 4.14. But what I want to say to you is this. Whatever is imparted to you, do not neglect it. Why did he say neglect not? That means that at the time he was talking to him, the thing has already been given. Amen. Am I communicating? He said, neglect not the gift which was, not which will be, which was given thee in prophecy with the laying on of hands of the, of the presbytery. So, it was given. It was given. That means it is in you. Don't neglect it. Man, what was he saying? Put it to use. Amen. That means as it was transferred, it's still there. Amen. How is it there? Your spirit has the capacity to store the power of God. Oh, you didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. You didn't hear me well. Let me talk to people here. I said your spirit has the capacity to store the power of God. Your spirit has the capacity to store the power of God. Understand that. So he said, neglect not. That means it's still inside you. Likely, why was he writing to Timothy? Timothy would say, "Um, um, Paul, uh, Paul, I don't know what's happening. Things have been rough. Say, ah, ah. Have you forgotten that hands were laid on you? Have you forgotten that words were spoken over you? Don't neglect that thing that was put in you. Amen. Now, likely Timothy had issues along those lines. Because he was a young fellow. Likely a young fellow with a big portfolio. Amen. So Paul always had to encourage him. Oh, let no man despise your youth. You know, he was always talking to him, encouraging him. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. Let's look at it. In 2 Timothy 1 6, he said something there. The same kind of discussion. He was writing a second letter to Timothy. Let's read together. I want to go. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up what? The gift of God, which is in thee. How? By the putting on of my hands. That means Timothy was likely always forgetting. He would go to work and say, um, 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 I don't think this is my office. I don't think that. I can be effective. Paul said, that thing in you can make you effective. Amen. I don't think that uh, this year will be a year of greatness for me. No, that thing inside you can make the year a year of greatness. Paul was constantly putting me in remembrance. Say, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. Tonight, you will receive impartations. And you will live here. And you will remember, amen, that it is still in you. Amen. And you will stay up. The Bible used the word, stay up. Stay up. Amen. Fan it to flame. Amen. Activate. Ever say activate. activate. Glory to God. That means it's inside, but you activate it. You want to put it to use, you activate it. That was what Samson knew to do to activate the power. <laughs> I once went to Lagos. And um, an elderly man was driving me. It was a cab. So, on the way, someone brushed his car or something like that. So the person was a younger person. The person was arguing with him. He came back into his car, sat down, raised his shirt, and removed a something on his waist. And said, saying something, saying something. Then he came down to meet the man. <laughs> He has activated. Amen. <laughs> are you me? He has activated. <laughs> I saw him bring out the stuff. Yes, Even bringing it out, he had to say something. 
I didn't know, I don't know what he was saying, but he was saying something. Then he came down <laughs> to meet the guy. <laughs> your own is inside your spirits. It's not on your waist. It's not on your neck. It's in your spirits. When you start by saying, Le grado shatalagade, you are staring it. Amen. Sometimes you stare it with words you speak. You start declaring, the spirit of God lives in me. Amen. What are you doing? You are staring it. Look at your neighbor. Say, you will stare something. You will stare something. And listen to me. For the remaining part of this year, you will not forget that there is something inside you. Glory to God. Lift your hand and say, I will receive impartations tonight. Say it again. I will receive impartations tonight. Say it again. Tangible impartations. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I am a product of multiple impartations. And the beauty of this thing is that it comes to stay. Amen. It comes to stay. It comes to stay. There are several people in different cities in Nigeria today that are doing mighty things for God. And some of them we met in university. And they will say, oh, before I met Pastor TB, I didn't know I could get people filled with the Holy Ghost just like that. But now, I can get people the Holy Ghost just like What did they receive? It's an impartation. It's an impartation. Glory to God. It's an impartation. I tell this story all the time about how we were in a meeting. I was invited for a meeting. And I was just the guest speaker. There were several other people ministering, one of the guest speakers. My job was to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were about 50 persons in that meeting. So we want to do it quick. And I assigned the leaders of the fellowship to help me lay hands. Some of them had never had results in getting people filled with the Holy Spirit. And then there are some that had results, but they, they will struggle to get the results. Are you understanding me? You know, there are people that, um, when they're praying for people, they have to escort them. I call it escorting. You're pushing their head and they're going like this and going like this and going like this and going like this, you know, and going like that and going like that. When there is the gift of impartation, there are people that have the gift of laying on of hands. They don't have to escort you. What happens? Now, let me say this to you. Before even ever, I started laying hands on people. People were falling under the power when I didn't lay hands on them. Are you listening to me? I didn't lay hands on them. I'm, I could be singing. Then you hear boom on the floor. And then boom, 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 boom. Are you understanding me? There are more people that, there are more people that have been under the power that hands were not laid on than those that hands were even laid on. Are you listening to me? What was it? Is the spirit coming upon them. Hallelujah. 
So, among those leaders, some had never had the opportunity or the experience of getting fulfilled the Holy Ghost. Some had had, but with some struggle. So I announced that everyone here, amongst these 50 persons, everyone here will receive the Holy Ghost tonight. They've never heard anybody talk like that. Some people will first be offended. Who do you think you are? Then others will wonder, why is he talking like that? You see, have you ever given your car to a mechanic? Then he says, it will be okay tomorrow. Why is he talking like that? You will try, try, try. The car is not starting. You try, try. He say, go. I will bring it to you. Maybe things stopped you on the road. He said, I will, it will just, in pidgin English, you say, I will bring a car house. You, why couldn't I carry it to the house? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> then you are at home. The car drives into your compound. And it gives you the key. Why is he talking like that? The thing that makes him talk like that is what made me talk the way I was talking. Amen. Amen. To say, every one of these ones will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Then the folks are laying hands. They still lay hands. Now, they don't know what I had done before I came for the meeting. But they were laying hands. And <laughs> I remember a few of them, when they touched, because I instructed them, I said, don't push anybody. Just, I, lend me your hands. All right? All these hands are my hand. <laughs> Just touch them for me. So the guy touched, someone went under the power. He said, Whoa! <laughs> He was so excited, you know. He was so excited, you know. And then they got 49 of the people filled. And one person was in field. So it was only one person I laid hands on. So they had finished ministering and one person didn't get filled. So I asked for that person to come. And I laid hands on the person. And the person got filled. Since I have been laying hands on people to be filled with the Holy Ghost till date, I've had 99.9% success in getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. To the glory of God. Now, when the the only thing I need to check if we want to receive the Holy Ghost to be sure who is born again and who is not. Those that are not born again, is either you lead them to Christ or send them home. Amen. Because they are not going to receive nothing. Amen. That's why uh, your pastors here, you want to get people the Holy Ghost, be sure they are born again. You'll be sweating. What are you sweating? You're sweating. Someone is not saved. Give him head boot. Anything you do. He's not going to receive the Holy Ghost. He's not saved. So, all I ask, are you born again? Are you born again? Are you born again? How many of you are born again? If you're not sure you're born again, go this way. You're the, okay? There are some that they receive Christ and get filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time. So, after I laid hands on that... 50th person, and the person got filled with the Holy Spirit. We had a great time in the meeting. I closed and I left. And it was a, a great thing in that place. Awesome. But I'm telling you about impartations. Now, they had that same meeting again. Fixed for another time. 
And then they had a meeting, and then someone said, we're going to invite Pastor T.B. Peters. And then they said, I don't even know if I was ordained then. I don't think I was ordained then. Amen. We're going to invite Brother T.B. Peters. It's not ordination that makes us have manifestations. We had manifestations, that's why we were ordained. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, they said, we're going to invite Pastor T.B. Peters again, or Brother T.B. Peters then, again. And then someone said, uh-uh, how many people did he lay hands on? It's only one person. We are the ones that did the work now. <laughs> we are the ones that did the work now. He was just holding the microphone and singing. You know. He was holding the microphone and singing. And then we were the ones that laid hands on the people. And then it's not one person he prayed for. And somebody said that. And another person said, it's true. You know, I was not there. I was not in the meeting. I heard the story later. <laughs> I was not in the meeting. I was, I was serving God. Doing my, I, I know how to face my front. Amen. <laughs> it's a, I have a gift of face your front. Amen. <laughs> it's a gift from God. A face your front, you know. So I don't meddle. I don't. I have my face my front. Amen. So, but in their discussion, they decided that they were not going to invite me. I, don't, I, I, I was not asking for them to invite me in the first place. I felt that even coming there that first time, they had received something they could carry on with. But you know, the spirit was wrong. Amen. And that's what I'm, why I'm sharing this with you. Now, they decided and they called the same people that laid hands and they fixed their own meeting. The same way they had the meeting, the same time, the same thing, and then they had a program. This is the leader telling me the story himself. He said, man of God, we suffered that night. I said, what do you mean? He said, we first touched them, nothing happened. We pressed them, nothing happened. We hold them, we held them, we squeezed them. After a while, it was like, let, well, I don't know, we didn't know what else to do. We had to have a meeting after that meeting. We sat down and advised ourselves. I said, that man, he came with something. Amen. <laughs> That's not the best way to learn. Amen. They said, that man came with something. He was not just singing with microphone. Amen. You know, sometimes a pastor just come up and I'm singing a song, you're just singing a song, you, just, you think we're just singing. We are generating the presence, amen. So, and I said, but you know, that day we came, or I came with the other brethren, it was an opportunity, but because your heart was not right, you did not receive the impartation. Praise God. And I've met many people. There's a minister of the gospel, a great guy. In the early days where he was trying to get people to feel the Holy Spirit. Lift your hand up. Say, my heart is right tonight. And I'm receiving all. I'm receiving all. 
Glory to Jesus. Hey, when the power of God falls, it will come upon you. <laughs> Whether you are at the back front or on screen, the power of God will come upon you. As long as you can hear my voice. Amen. So, this minister came and he said, Pastor, <laughs> he was trying to get some, he had been in some meetings and just watched how people got filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of them, we just pointed at them, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> receive the Holy Ghost. And I say, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then they received the Holy Ghost. They said, okay. So, he went out and tried to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a, an elderly man. He met. He had preached to the fellow. I think the guy was already saved. So the guy was, you know, talked to him about receiving the Holy Spirit. The guy's like, oh, I like that thing. I like it. I like it. So after talking to the guy, he now said, lay hands on him to get him filled with the Holy Ghost. I was not there. <laughs> Someone just came. We were students then. He just came to my room, knocked. Came in with a sad face. Sat down. I said, what happened? He said, I was trying to get an elderly man filled with the Holy Ghost. He did not get filled. <laughs> so I said, hey, what, what happened? You know. He started telling me the story. He said, we stayed there, we sang. I sang all the songs he used to sing. <laughs> and then I did the things I used to see you do. Then I started praying for the man. We have stayed for long. I've pressed his stomach. I've held his neck. I've done all of that. The man now started crying. The old man started crying. <laughs> the old man started crying. An elderly man is there crying. Then he now called the, pers- the, the brother that was me. He said, Call my, my Pekin. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe another time. <laughs> He has to escort him and encourage him. Yes, <laughs> so he came and told me. I said, ah. I said, he doesn't know what to do. I said, kneel down. <laughs> kneel down. He knelt down who went the room. And I laid hands on him. I said, go and go and get someone for the Holy Ghost. I've not seen him again. Amen. <laughs> Instead, I've been seeing people that say, hey, brother so-so got me filled the Holy Ghost. Brother so-so got me filled the Holy Ghost. Brother so-so got me filled the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's an impartation. Amen. When you have received it, it is yours. Lift your hand toward heaven. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us lift our hands towards heaven and praise. Something will come upon you tonight. The power of God will come upon you tonight. Let your heart be open to receive God's power certain things that you've been dreaming about and stretching forward to the power of god is coming upon you and those things will be delivered into your hands 
needs to be supernaturally met. Mountains will melt. Things that you were not able to accomplish, that power will come upon you and it will be accomplished speedily. Easily. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise. What is your expectation tonight? Let us lift our hands towards heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith faith online.org.